We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of a Pack a Day podcast. Wherever you may be, and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host again on this. Second Sunday now with no NFL football. It's uh, it's sad. It's you know it is what it is, but that doesn't mean there's not plenty of news uh, coming up. You know the NFL they've done a great job over the years of really there's always something going on. You have about a two three week period right after the Super Bowl where there's not a whole lot, but then you know we're going to be getting the tag is coming up in just over a week here, which. Um, you know, we'll see if the Packers decide to tag Devontae Adams, and then a week from that, free agency starts, and we'll know a whole lot more about this Packers team. Will Devontae Adams be back? Will Aaron Rodgers be back? Um, and who, if they are back, who's going to potentially not be here anymore to make room for some of that cap space? So, uh, speaking of cap space, by now most of you have probably already seen, but uh, the Packers have restructured some of uh, David Bakhtiari's contract, um, clearing about $11.5 million in cap space. And so currently that leaves them, I believe, right around $28 million over the cap. So they've made quite a bit of moves uh, this past week with Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, and Kenny Clark, freeing up about, about between $22 and $25 million in cap space. So they've done some good work this past week. There's... Quite a bit more to come, though, so we'll uh, be monitoring that and keeping you up to date on that uh, throughout the week. Um, so, But uh, let's talk about something other than salary cap uh, hell that the Packers are in right now. Um, a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the best way to describe it is, but, uh, you know, as most of you know, Greg Jennings... Um, well, first of all, it, there was a report that came out that said Aaron Rodgers wants $50 million a year uh, for, you know, his and wants to be the highest paid player in the league by uh, a wide margin. And Pat McAfee, you know, said that he talked to Aaron and that's, you know, not true. But uh, 
you know, our favorite former wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers, Greg Jennings, you know, he's uh, he always comes on TV when when they when TV needs uh, to talk about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And by this point, you know, many of you have heard his comments calling Aaron Rodgers selfish. And at this point, it's just you know, oh, what did Greg Jennings say this time? Uh, and so we thought it might be interesting today to discuss. Um, Three, well, a total of six players, three, three on each side of, you know, Greg Jennings really hasn't helped his, um, his view with the fans since leaving, uh, with all the comments he's made. Not that they're necessarily always wrong or incorrect or bad, usually they are, but, um, fans, I think it's pretty unanimous if you look on Twitter. Fans don't really care for Greg Jennings. Um, and most of us at this point just roll our eyes whenever he opens his mouth about whatever he has to say about the Packers or Aaron Rodgers. So we thought it might be interesting to look at some players who have, you know, hurt their image with the fan base with the Packers over the years, um, and some that have actually really, uh, you know, helped their, you know, image grow even better um, with how they've talked. So, I mean, Mike, we, we'll start with Greg Jennings. I mean, his comments, you know, we, we talk about it, it's almost, I don't even know what to say anymore other than the fact that he only seems to be on TV when we're talking about the Packers. I mean, what did you make of his comments? And, I mean, you know, for me personally, he's someone that I kind of have a love-hate relationship with just because, I mean, he was, when he was in Green Bay, he was really good. Um, you know, he had two reception, two touchdown receptions in the, in the Super Bowl. They won with Aaron Rodgers, so he was kind of a big part of that. But, I mean, uh, what do you think of Greg Jennings today and his comments that he made recently? I think he's gonna, he's doing his job. He's getting views. He's getting clicks. He's getting people to pay attention to him. But I'm going to quickly turn it over to Gage. You know, Gage was, as you were talking to start the podcast, Gage was, look, was kind of raising his hand. And I think he may have had some news that may have popped as we were recording. So I'm uh, going to so, turn it over to Gage. So all I had was uh, just the full details on the Debach uh, news was that uh, SpotRack tweeted out about three, four minutes ago now, the official full details of where Green Bay stands in terms of cap space. They freed up $11.5 million er, uh, on DBOC between salary bonus and uh, like sal- like roster bonus, signing bonus, that sort of thing. And they freed up $23 million, uh this week between the DBOC, Clark, and Aaron Jones moves, and they now sit at $28 million. Uh, over the cap, so I just wanted to get the just the full details on that one since it, we had the official numbers rather than just kind of the rough ones that we had seen uh, earlier this morning. Back to you, Mike. Thank you very much for our roving reporter in Indiana Gage. Uh, but yeah, with with Jennings, I know it was talked about today on the podcast a little bit about his comments, but with with these again, it keeps his name in the news, it keeps him relevant. I know he's done some work uh, as a color guy in some games for Fox, but at this point. Uh, Tim Backus made such a good point that he might be the first guy who gets booed out of the stadium during his own Hall of Fame induction, and it's, it's at the point where it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, we, we get that there's beef there. We get that he feels slighted because obviously we've seen Aaron is close with all almost all of his other former receivers. He's still good friends with Jordy Nelson. Look, Randall Cobb came back this year. Another receiver we're going to talk about a little bit on the good side is really close. So these guys, Jay Kummerow, another one, but there's just that one who just – has that that bone to pick, and it's just at this point it's just insane, and it's it's it seems to get more and more bitter as the years go on. Yeah, definitely, and you know the thing that I've kind of always thought with Greg Jennings and his comments, 
Um, and Mike, you had talked about how Aaron Rodgers has good relationships with many of his receivers. I don't doubt that Greg Jennings doesn't, um, you know, like Aaron Rodgers. I don't doubt that some of the things that he is saying um, aren't necessarily, you know, his as he, you know, always puts it, you know, his personal experiences with him. Uh, but I, I guess I've always thought, with based on how Aaron Rodgers is with many of his other teammates, that. Like, it, Greg Jennings presents it as if he's never at fault for how his relationship might be with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and so I, I've, always, I've always found that interesting that, you know, he, he, he likes to paint the picture that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is just this bad guy that just, you know, randomly doesn't like him. And, I mean, that doesn't seem... To me, just with, like, how people are, like, it just doesn't seem that Aaron Rodgers just woke up one day during Greg Jennings' last season in Green Bay and decided that he no longer liked him. Um, so I don't necessarily, you know, doubt that he's, you know, that he feels that way, but to not, like, necessarily take any of the responsibility of why his relationship might not be so great. But, I mean, um, Gage, I mean, you know, Greg Jennings, you know, what did you make of his comments? It goes back to what we kind of talked about before we got started on here. Greg Jennings, whenever whenever we see him on TV, it's, he's talking about Aaron Rodgers, and he's neg- and he's rarely talking about him in a positive light. I I understand that like in in life, you're, that you, no one's going to be liked by a hundred percent of people. You're going to have enemies. You're going to have people you don't get along with. That's just that's just life. Anybody that spent, tries to spend every day trying to be liked by everyone. You're, you're going to run yourself ragged and you're just going to be exhausted because it's not possible, and that's okay. We've seen over the last two years Aaron Rodgers is okay with not being liked. If you don't like him, that's okay. He gets by. We don't see him really comment on guys that aren't there anymore. If there's a reason he doesn't really engage in the – like he could very easily go on Twitter and just get into a giant Twitter argument with Greg Jennings or anybody else that has ever said anything negative about him. But for the most part, he kind of ignores it. It's. I think that Jennings was saying some things that – it's the same trope that he's had since he left Green Bay. He's always got, like like you guys said, he sometimes says some things that are accurate, but a lot of the time he's a little off and he's just saying he's just saying mean things to do, as Mike said, get clicks and get people to interact with the content that he's putting out. He does that job correctly. That's why we're talking about him after he made these comments, what, three days ago now? It's just, that's what he does. The guy make the guy goes out, makes comments, and gets everybody all, work, all, all worked up and angry over it, and it's not how I would conduct myself. I I just find it it's easier to just move on. Like there's plenty of people that I've come across in life that I don't I don't like how they operate and I don't agree with the way they do things, but I don't you don't sit here and I'm not bashing them six years after the fact. It's like you like I understand if you want to go on you're supposed to have an angle or you're supposed to be the the heel of your show for an hour, but like at what point do you you just move on? Like you I it, did Aaron Rodgers do something to you personally, like that we don't know about? Because otherwise, it just seems like you're just mad that you are not on his team anymore. And when we have X, Y, Z, hundreds of guys that are former teammates of Rodgers who have plenty of good things to say about him, are still friends with him to this day, what the heck happened between you two that is that makes you special to where you're just gonna hate on him at all times? And to be fair, this whole thing kind of started, and why we're talking about it is that he got called out by a former teammate in John Kuhn. And then current guys jumped in. Kurt Benkert obviously has gone to a war of words, and that's not one that any former player is going to win because Kurt used social media better than most. And Preston Smith jumped in and another former teammate, and it just became a pile-on. 
And then Jennings got in the comments and started clapping back, and then it just escalated and got crazier, and, and now here we are. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, well... You know, it's definitely with Greg Jennings. There's there's no love lost between uh, you know Packer fans and and him. But uh, let's let's go to the flip side of Greg Jennings, who you know it's um, you know it's it's very interesting. They played together, and they were both really good friends with Rodgers at one point. Um, and one just has um, you know actually maintained that friendship. Uh, James Jones, uh, he's always um, he and Aaron have. From my understanding, a very good relationship. Um, he's always talking positively about it, and it's interesting how these two guys, Greg Jennings and James Jones, played on the exact same team, and they have two totally different perspectives of who Aaron Rodgers is. But I mean, I think Gage, we can all agree that James Jones is somebody that um, Packer fans love and adore. I mean, he's even got the nickname of the Hoodie uh, when he came back in what was it? 15 when Jordy Nelson tore his ACL and played uh, played that kind of number one role in the absence of Jordy Nelson. But, I mean, James Jones, he's kind of the exact opposite of Greg Jennings, and he's always positive, and he's always got great things to say. Yeah, and, I mean, James Jones has gotten to break big news about, like, when Rodgers signed his extension a couple of years ago. James Jones was the one that got to break it. That wasn't Schefter, wasn't Rafsheet, Tom Pelissero, or anybody else in NFL media. It was James Jones that got to break it. Because, and he still has plenty of positive things to say about him. If you are 
a fan of the Ringer Podcast Network and the Ringer NFL Show, James Jones and Ryan Chazier did a podcast every single week this season, every Tuesday, and it was and he had nothing but good things to say about Rodgers. Even when he had an off day, it was not it was nothing but good things to say. And the like you said, the guy got to come back and he like everyone it was the, every time he was wasn't wearing a hoodie. If he had an off day, we're like ah, it's because he wasn't wearing the hoodie. He's he's hoodie Jones. That's what he was a loved guy that. Like, Packer fans have rose-colored glasses a lot of the time if a guy leaves. and Like, we all saw it when Jordy left and went to – when he went to Oakland. Everybody – and they brought in Jimmy Graham. Everybody was in love with – everybody was, was in love with Jordy even though he was gone and even though he had clearly lost a step. It was, the, it was the end of the world. So when James Jones gets to come back and you get to see him play, yeah, he was the, he played the number one role and he was he was fine. We no one's fooling or anybody that says like oh he was an elite receiver that year you're kind of fooling yourself but you were but you got to have your guy back because you view James Jones as one of your guys because Green Bay is one of the few teams in the league that I feel like doesn't have a ton of roster turnover from year to year they try to do a very good job of when they have a guy they keep their guys if they can if they can afford to they like to keep their guys around and James Jones still has all sorts of positive just positive, like, karma with Packer fans. There's not much – like, he would have to go full Greg Jennings in order to lose even a fraction of what he's built up just because even after he left, he never had anything but good things to say about Green Bay. And it was clear that even after – like, he had left and he came back, it was clear that he wanted to play with Rodgers because he, he didn't have to. He could have very easily said, no, I'm not going to sign here. I'll go sign somewhere else or whatever. But, no, he wanted to come back to Green Bay, and he enjoyed being there. And – he, it may, and the fans showed him all the love in the world when he did come back because he had earned it. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, one thing that always kind of comes to mind for me, I, I remember seeing uh, this uh, on Twitter. I believe it was Matt LaFleur's first year in Green Bay. You know, nobody really knew kind of what to expect. And uh, James Jones that year on NFL Network, he didn't get the games all correct, but he picked Green Bay to go 13-3, and and people mocked him relentlessly for that. And, well, we all know how that turned out. He actually predicted it perfectly. But, I mean, from the media sense, uh, Mike, I mean, you know, James Jones seems to be not only respected by Packer fans, but, I mean, within the media uh, itself, he seems to be pretty respected as well. And, and one way that shows that he does Packer radio. He does Packer pregame stuff. He's on their first hour of their pregame coverage uh, when West with when the, uh, West Hotkowitz and Greg Matzik all do like their 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 mail questions. They'll mailbag kind of stuff around in Tauscher, and Jones is part of that. And he's always kind of like, oh man, I don't want to have to answer this tough one. He always kind of tries to dodge some of the tougher ones that whether they, they think thinks they're going to lose or stuff like that. But yeah, he's the guy who's now become an icon among among some things. And Gage is right; he could have. Just retired after he left two team, three teams in a year. He got cut from Oakland. He got cut from the Giants. Then he gets to come back to Green Bay. And, he, and part of it is also we stepped back and he got those two touchdowns in that Seattle game right away. Kind of helped him re-endear himself. But yeah, he's he's always talking with a smile on his face. He's always talking positive no matter what it is. And it's one of those things where you can't help but feed off his energy when he when he's on the screen or whether he's on the radio and you hear him. And and he's a guy where. He he, just, he seems like a Hall of Fame person, and and there's a reason why he's got the, these high profile gigs in the NFL Network and with the Packers and with everything that that people like to work with him, they like to hang out with him and be around him, and it kind of showed that when he was a player too, because he he was a mentor to a lot of guys like like Tay 
and to a smaller extent, like MVS and some of those those guys, because he he's he hung around. Absolutely. Well, you know, James Jones and Greg Jennings couldn't be more opposite. Um, the next guy, you know, again, somebody that uh, fans don't really um, care for much anymore. And this one has always been. I've never followed it as closely. It doesn't seem like it's he's as much uh, on the negativity side as Greg Jennings, but Jermichael Finley. And, I mean, Mike, I'll start with you. I mean, I guess I personally don't know because I, I don't care enough to know. Um, like, what is Finley's beef with the Packers, with Rodgers? Like, I've never really understood, like, his place. Greg Jennings I've at least understood a little bit, but – where does where does your Michael Finley fit in this, and what is his like issue with Green Bay? Do we really know? I'm not sure. I'm really not because I, I I mean we all know his career ended in a horrible way. That injury was was brutal. Uh, neck injuries have really wrecked the Packers over the past decade. I mean we go back to Nick Collins too, but with fit with Finley, he was the focal point of the offense the uh, the Super Bowl year before he got hurt. He was a guy who was a favorite target of Rodgers when he was healthy and out there. He made some crazy catches. He had some drops, but he was—he was a guy who, at that point, was pretty was well liked by the fan base. And we—we—he we, was our guy. We—we we liked the potential he brought, what he showed. And then when he gets hurt, he's forced to retire. It just kind of fell apart. I don't know if it was just trying to piggyback his Jennings. This whole thing started with Jennings, but I'm not sure if Finn was just trying to keep his name in the news by piggybacking off of it. He's been quieter in recent years. And I, but but he, but it's yeah, it's one of those things where I never quite figured out what was the cause of this or why it started. But for a good four or five year stretch, it was those two guys both kind of kind of talking in the media. But in recent years, it seems like Finley's kind of kind of uh, faded away a little bit as far as being negative about everything. Yeah, you know, Gage, I was going to kind of point that towards you. I mean. Jermichael Finley, he's in that same camp as Greg Jennings, but he doesn't necessarily seem to be, you know, as vocal or maybe it's not as often. And when he is vocal, maybe it's on the same level as Greg Jennings. But, um, he, you know, he doesn't seem to have the same type of issues that Greg Jennings has with, with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so I was kind of curious to just try – I wanted to see if I could Google and figure out what – Jermichael's beef with uh, like Green Bay, kind of where it kind of came from, and like just so I did a quick Google search on it, and I went back to an article that I completely forgot it existed about two and a half years ago. Aaron Rodgers was on ESPN Milwaukee, and he was doing an interview, and it was, I think Jennings or Finley, one of the two, might had a, must have just made a comment on how he's a bad leader or this or that, and that was when he fired back and said, well, I don't get why every time an article is written about me being a bad teammate or a bad leader or whatever, it's the same two guys. It's never anybody else, and other than that, do you ever hear about them other than when they're talking bad about me? And he was specifically calling out Finley and Jennings, and he said, he was like, "Is why is, it, like, Finley's calling me a bad leader for what? For all the nights that I was up in his room the day before games, going over, play, going over the plays, going over, like, checks that I was going to make. Uh, the the night that I was in the hospital when he broke his neck in like in the game when I, he's like was I a bad leader then and and I was sitting here and I was trying to think about it and I and like you said we don't really hear about Finley as much and I feel like it's been since that happened I don't really hear about him like he's com- he's had a couple of comments since then but nowhere near as often as as Jennings does and I'm wondering if part of that is just the fact that Jennings just has a bigger platform 
Jennings is on a, a big national network. So we're going to hear about we're going to hear about him and from him more often than we're going to hear about Finley because like Finley's just doing retired life. He's not doing the whole like big. He's not doing the big network gig. And I still, I mean, I did a couple of searches here. I can't figure out what his issue was with Green Bay. I don't know if it was like the way that he went out. Maybe he thought he could keep playing, but Green Bay didn't think he could keep playing because obviously Green Bay's doctors like Pat has always they always err on the side of caution when it comes to their players that's why I mean when we get to our player uh, in our next segment uh, just kind of foreshadowing there when they make claims about health and Green Bay forcing people to play Green Bay doesn't do that they 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 never do that they never force anyone to play there's definitely been guys where we were like that guy could have played how do we know he could have played he told us that he could have played but the doctors didn't let him so I wonder if maybe that's where Finley's anger kind of came from is maybe he thought Rodgers could have caked harder for him to come back and given him more of a chance but I mean as we found out last year Rodgers didn't really have much of a say up until eight eight months ago so it's like you can be mad at Rodgers for not like trying to get you back on the field harder or not trying to get Green Bay to give you a chance but if Green Bay is worried about your health and Rodgers doesn't have much of a say his hands are kind of tied you can be mad at him all you want doesn't necessarily make you in the right absolutely with you on that I was going to say, like, cause I think Finley, he tried to make a comeback, but he never got cleared by any team. I think he tried to work out. I think it was with the Patriots worked him out, but his, his neck never got cleared. And I, I, also think, I also think he was another guy. I think he was 20 when he got drafted or maybe just turned 21. So he was a young, immature guy. We were all immature at that age. So I'm still pretty immature now. But Finley, I think he grew up a lot in the past few years. Being a husband, being a father, having having uh, younger kids, I think he he really matured in the, uh, since he since he retired, and I think he's I think he's he's probably I'm not going to try and put words about, but it seems like he's in a better headspace now than the years after when you when you always think about what could have been like the three or four years after you break your neck because he because he could have been an All Pro talent. He was that kind of a talent at tight end. Yeah, he, he did receive interest from Seattle, New England, and Pittsburgh, uh, but obviously was not cleared by any any of them. Pittsburgh did offer him a couple of deals, he says, uh, but the money wasn't anywhere near what he wanted, and obviously that was that was them trying to protect themselves. Of we don't know if his neck's going to be cleared. So because because when you look at him as a player, you look at what Jimmy Graham did in New Orleans and Seattle. Finney was kind of that player first. He was that tight end who you can move a wide at six five. He's a big target, could really move. And so, so when you think about what could have been as a player, you know that's going to really eat at you for a while. So I think he, I think he's kind of moved past that and is, is now being more content with the retired life. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all struggled with mental health in different ways, especially during a pandemic, and I'm certainly no different. Keeping myself centered mentally is such a huge part of my overall health goals, and that's where BetterHelp has helped me. BetterHelp has the ability to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, plus you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. 
BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Plus, financial aid is available if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And of course, we have a special offer for Packaday listeners, as you can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Packaday. Support for the Packaday podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off in free worldwide shipping with code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. Friends, inside this package, you're going to find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And let me tell you a bit more about this Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, sort of important, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code PACKADAY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Absolutely. Well, let's let's flip back to the positive side here again. At the same position, yet again, um, not as big of a star in Green Bay, but uh, Tom Crabtree, uh, he is now one now. Again, I don't follow these guys necessarily – all super close, but Tom Crabtree seems to be mostly a Twitter guy, and I feel like that's, you know, I, I guess I don't know if he's doing local radio or anything. I know he's not on any of the big networks, at least to my knowledge, but, I mean, every time I see him tweet uh, anything Packers-related on Twitter, it's it's always positive, and, um, I mean, Gabe, just talk a little bit about Tom Crabtree and his, his positivity, at least through Twitter, anyway, for the Packers. Okay, so real quick, I was just I was I wanted to go pull up Tom Crabtree's Twitter because as you pointed out, that's where he gets a lot of love. And rightfully so. He's he's a fun guy. He he understands that he was never the best player on the field, he was never the best tight end. He literally in his Twitter bio says seventh best Crabtree in NFL history. So he he knows where he's at. He doesn't try to ever go to above above that. So yesterday, in reply to the like the Greg Jennings stuff, and then the Kurt, Kurt Bankert made what he did, made the comment that he did, and then Crabtree replied to it, a tradition unlike any other. Greg Jennings talking shit about 12 in the offseason. And then Jennings said, you, I've been backing you all year. Unlike you and most others, you can get out of your feelings. He can get out of his feelings and speak the truth. It's just my perspective. You have yours. I definitely didn't see you commenting when I was in support of all year. And then Crabtree, just joking with him, says ratio because – and. The ratio was successful, just for the record. Uh, and then Jennings said, you're funny, so now you know how media – don't know how media works. I'm on TV every week. Crabtree quote tweeted and said, you're on, TV, you're on TV every week because of the guy you were asked to comment about every week. I know exactly how media works. Sit down, be humble. Crabtree, again, former teammate of Greg Jennings. This isn't, this isn't a guy that never played with him. This isn't a guy that has never met him, doesn't know anything about him. This is a guy that was suiting up with him every single week in practice, on the field, won a Super Bowl with him, did, did everything. He knows him. 
and he's go, he knows where he's at, and he's like you said, he's won a lot of Packer fans. Like he is, he's able to like he's a little on the older side in terms of like my like he's an older millennial, but like I relate to the guy a lot because I he doesn't try to be too big for himself. He just tries to be a regular guy, and he just tries to have fun on Twitter. And I think that's why a lot of Packer fans like him is because he doesn't spend every day trying to flash his wealth or try to be something that he's not. And as a te- like, obviously, we know Green Bay being a small market team with fans who are. And this isn't meant as an insult. It's a lot of like it's a blue collar mindset of a we're going to go show up, we're going to do our job. We're not the flat. We're not the flashy team. We're not the team that we're not Dallas. We don't go spend a ton of money in free agency every year. We don't go and just try and get in on every big name free agent that comes on the market. Instead, we try and show up, do our job, and just as. Mr. Crabtree said, we try to be humble about what we do. And so I think that's why he has a lot of fans is he doesn't ever, he doesn't rag on the team. He's a, he's still a Packer fan at heart. His profile picture is him in a Packer uniform. He's not trying to just be like an NFL analyst on Twitter. He's trying to be a Packer fan that's on Twitter. And I think that's what endears him is because you feel like you feel like you're almost friends with a celebrity if he interacts with you because and you're, you're people are like, oh, well, he's, he's just he's the seventh best Crabtree in NFL history. He was just an average backup tight end or whatever. It's like, yeah, but he's but he but he's still an NFL player. He's still like even if he was the seventh best Crabtree in history, he played in the NFL. So I think that's kind of what makes people enjoy him is that he may be a celebrity, but at the end of the day, he also acts like a regular person. Yeah, I would agree. I would think that's what endears him to so many fans is the fact that you know he he knows exactly who he is, um, and in a town like Green Bay. Um, that goes a long way with a lot of the fans, I would think. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? And of course, we can qu- quick disclosure, Crabtree, friend of the podcast, he's been on here before. Uh, he w- did a lot with, with Zach and Matum when they were a part of the podcast. And, yeah, he's a guy, he, he embraces his role as a special teams guy, as a third-string tight end. He's very witty. Uh, he, he's one of those guys, like Jay said, he's very relatable. And he's also well known as being having like the last positive special teams play the Packers have had in recent history. I mean, has there been a good play since his fake field goal? But it's one of those things where he embraces who he is, and he's willing to stand up for his guys, but he's also not going to take anything. And his, again, we're uh, calling out Jennings with, with, with Bankert and with, with Preston and John Kuhn and all those guys. It's, it shows that he has really endeared himself to this community. And, and he's a guy who's, who's his irreverence is going to make him even more beloved. His People, especially up here, they do really appreciate guys who don't take themselves too seriously, especially when they weren't the Jermichael Finneys, the Jordy Nelsons, the Pro Bowl players. Tom came in, did his job, did it well, got a ring, and became kind of a folk hero in Green Bay from that field goal and from his work and now from, from his off-field persona. Yeah, well, he's... Uh... You know, he's definitely loved on Twitter. Um, Let's real quickly, because I know we're getting a little long here, but uh, let's roll real quick into our last negative. Uh, Not a whole lot needs to be said on it. Uh, We can spend about as much time as he spent actually trying to be useful for the Packers in his eight games here. Um, Don't give him too much credit. He only played seven. Okay, seven games. Uh, Martellus Bennett. I mean, you know, one of the Bennett brothers, um, depending on – Depending on, you know, who you ask, uh, they're not necessarily the most popular duo of brothers ever, but uh, came to Green Bay, he was kind of supposed to be a replacement for Jared Cook and Jermichael Finley and, 
you know, everybody kind of knows the drama that went with him, but, you know, I mean, Gage, not, not a whole lot needs to be said about uh, Martellus Bennett and his short seven-game stint here in Green Bay. No, you're right. Not a whole lot needs to be said about Martellus Bennett. He, was, he came and left. He never scored a touchdown. He had ten first downs in seven games. He was a... He, he was supposed to be this big-name guy. He had just come off a Super Bowl with the Patriots, and he didn't really do much when he came here. It just – it was nothing – it was nothing memorable. He didn't have a big moment. He was just a guy. And then ever since he left, he never had a good thing to say. He claimed that Green Bay's medical staff was trying to force him into play. This is what I was alluding to a few minutes ago. Green Bay's medical staff doesn't do that. We all know. We all know that we've had several games – in our in everyone in everyone's lifetime ever since Pat McKenzie got there. And we have all had these oh well oh, no, this guy's gonna play this week. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get cleared. No he's not. You and I both know he's not. If you think he might not get cleared, guess what? He's probably not going to because that's how the Green Bay medical staff works, because they prioritize your health off the field more than they prioritize winning games. And guess what? That's what a doctor and a health professional is supposed to do. Which so which is why when I see teams who let guys play through injuries when it's like, I don't think that guy should be playing this week. That guy probably shouldn't be out there. I get it. I get that the guy wants to be out there, but you as a medical professional have to do your job to protect them from themselves. Like when the, uh, I still think about the Julian Edelman play in the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, when he was clearly concussed, he's wobbling around on the field after he gets hit by, I believe it was Cam Chancellor, and he's just and that got an entire rule put into the NFL to have an independent analyst watch for concussions and when that sort of thing happens to take those guys out of the game. So Martellus Bennett, his major gripe with Green Bay was that they didn't take care of his health seriously. They didn't take that seriously. It's like, yeah, they did. I don't know what you, I don't know what they told you. I don't, I don't, but they definitely didn't force you to play because that's not something they've ever done. And in my, just in my lifetime, that's never a thing that I've heard of happening is, oh, this guy was forced to play through an injury and it made him get hurt worse. That's it's never been a thing. So I, don't understand how Martellus Bennett could be here for less than four months and have nothing but bad things to say about Green Bay. Yeah, well, I mean, we we have just from this past season a perfect example of Green Bay's doctors. Bakhtiari played a full half of football against the Lions and had then two weeks off, and everybody figured, oh, he'll be there against the 49ers. And they're like, nope, sorry. You played and something happened, and, you know, we're not putting you in here again. But, um Mike, if you just want to give a quick, you know, whatever your thoughts might be on the uh, seven-game tenure of Martellus Bennett, and then we can get to our final uh, positivity before we wrap up here. You kind of touched on it. He is definitely, if there's anyone who's disliked more than Greg Jennings, it's probably Bennett. I mean, the whole thing of, yeah, the whole Pat McKenzie thing, because McKenzie's universally respected around the league. And then Bennett's, his only memorable play was getting a personal foul against Seattle because he, he defended a, a another receiver and shoved, I think he shoved his brother to the ground or something like that, but he got a 15-yard penalty. That's his only memorable play. The, the number 80 also got kind of tarnished with his tenure there. And then, and then again, the whole scorched earth campaign he did after he got released, saying, I'm not going to play again, or I'm going to – I got to have surgery, and then two weeks later he's playing in New England. So it's, it's this one, the hypocrisy and just everything with it was just brutal. And and just say what you ever want about, about Packer Ranch General – Lying is something that we can't stand. It showed when we when people get mad at Rogers in years past, they get mad at Jennings, get mad at people like this. When you lie about, especially a medical thing, there's a line that you cross. And he is he immediately burned every bridge 
in Wisconsin after he left, and there, uh, there's no way that's ever going to be repaired. Yeah, well, yeah, Martellus has it up there with uh, everybody's favorite Packer free agent signing. So uh, let's, why don't we actually get to one of Green Bay's real uh, favorite free agent signings of all time. And, I mean, this one is just the most obvious. Um, he's one of the most beloved players um, in Packers history, Charles Woodson. Um, and he's always, you know, got great things to say about Green Bay. And, I mean, you know, I, I wonder if some of that is due to the fact that, I mean, you know, we kind of all know the story that when he left Oakland the first time, you know, he didn't really have too many offers to go play anywhere and, um, you know, landed in Green Bay. He didn't really want to come to Green Bay. And um, Green Bay just revitalized his career. And, I mean, you know, Mike, now we see, you know, Charles Woodson's probably, I don't know, I mean, probably the most beloved free agent signing the Packers have had since Reggie White. I think that's a pretty fair estimate. And if you want to talk about how much he is loved by this fan base and by the team and the community, all you got to do is look at the video when they announced the Hall of Fame inductees and, and they showed the videos of the players getting getting uh, informed that they were Hall of Fame and that Woodson was the guy who came up to Green Bay and went to Leroy Butler's house, the Leroy Butler's house. And you saw the smile on Charles's face. You saw the joy in Butler. And that shows that they could have gone any other former player. They could have gone any other defensive back. They went with Charles Woodson to do it up here in Green Bay. And he is a guy where he, he left, but he never really left, if that, if that makes any sense. Like he's a guy, he went back to Oakland, ended his career where it started, but he still kind of felt like a Packer. I mean, the, he, his career was almost done when he came to Green Bay, and then he became Defensive Player of the Year. He cemented his Hall of Fame status in Green Bay. Over half of his career receptions were in Green Bay. He's, I think he's still tops now team in defensive touchdowns. And he is a guy who comes back quite a bit. And it's one of those things where he is always going to be beloved for his work from when he was a Packer. And, the, and he's going down as one of the best defensive backs ever, largely due to what he did in Green Bay. I yeah, think that, I mean, I, I was going to say, I think the thing that almost sets Woodson apart or, like, shows just how much love Packer fans have for Woodson, even though he's gone, is he has critiqued Green Bay and Rodgers, but he also does it in a respectful way, and I think that's the big difference here. Like, obviously, he's won, he's won the ability with Packer fans to be critical, but he's also... Like he's like he's done. He does it with respect. Like he does, and people know that he's coming from a place where he's just he's a well-spoken, respected guy. And people are like, oh, so he's just he's not doing the bashing Greg Jennings thing. He's doing a like actual giving criticism. Because if I'm not mistaken, in the last couple of weeks, didn't he say a like that Green Bay should consider trading him or something along those lines? If I'm mistaken, that's fine. But I'm pretty sure I remember reading that, and it's. While most people, like if Greg Jennings came out and said that, everyone would just be like, oh, look at you, you're just bashing Rodgers again. But when Woodson says it, everyone kind of like takes it with, uh, well, you know what, let's go ahead and let's delve into this a little deeper here. Because he's, so that, like that I think is, shows just how special he is. You're right, like Mike, you pointed out that he was the guy that came back and got to go to finally get give Butler the announcement that he was going to be in the Hall of Fame, which was long overdue. But they went ahead, but they also are like, hey, this guy, yeah, he left. But he's here, and we still love him, and we're willing to listen to criticisms and negative things that he has to say. And I think that's when you can – that really speaks to how much respect a teammate, team and fan base has for you. If you are able to say things both good and bad in the team or, like, in the fans still respect you, that just shows all the – that makes all – I think that shows just how special you are. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Yeah, well, and, you know, Gage, I looked it up real quick. He did say a few weeks ago, um, looks like on the NFL Network, he said, if I'm the Packers, I'm thinking about trading Aaron Rodgers um, if we can. And he even said, uh, start the 2020 season, that he thought that Rodgers would end his career in a different place other than Green Bay. But I think a lot of the things is when I'm reading this, like he said, if the if I'm the Packers, I'm thinking about trading Aaron Rodgers as opposed to a lot of people just saying they should, which, you know, I mean, when you put words out, like, I mean, they make a difference in how you phrase them and the words that you choose. And, um, you know, just I think you're correct in saying that the big thing with his critiques is always that it's done in a respectful manner. It's never – and, like, that's the thing, especially with uh, Greg Jennings, is Greg Jennings always makes it personal. It's always something – you know, about Green Bay. Green Bay did this. Green Bay did that. I, I mean, I know I watched the, the thing with Greg Jennings with with his appearance on um, whatever show it was that he was on was that he had mentioned something and one of the, the hosts, like, asked him to elaborate on, like, the personal experience. And it's like, you know, just just be like, you know, hey, that's that's for me and, and you know, that moment to just stay there. I don't need to go on national TV and elaborate about it. And I think that's what separates – you know, Charles Woodson and his demeanor and his and his mannerisms um, from everybody else. But Charles Woodson, um, clearly, you know, one of one of the biggest fan favorites um, in a long time in Green Bay. And so, well, that's just a little bit of, you know, some of the offseason stuff that's going on with Green Bay. You know, there's always going to be people that don't like uh, Aaron Rodgers, and that's fine. Um, but, uh you know, not a whole lot in the uh, in the world. Well, there wasn't a whole lot going on, and then Greg Jennings decided to open his mouth and gave us a whole lot of stuff to to talk about and reflect upon. But uh, always always look for the people on Twitter and uh, and uh, just in the news out there that are are positive. And especially, I'm going to make a real quick suggestion to everybody listening: if you're on Twitter and you are not following Kurt Bankert, please go do so right now because. He might be one of the best Twitter followers out there, and um, I don't I don't do Twitter a whole lot, so um, he's definitely worth the content that you'll see from uh, 
from his Twitter page. Uh, so real quickly, we'll wrap this up. We've gone way long today. Thank you, everybody, for being so patient with us as we kind of went through this and had a discussion about some of these guys. But uh, real quick, Mike, if people want to get in touch with you, follow your work, how can they do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks for listening. It's good to get, get some of the stuff venting a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Wenland, all one word. Uh, my broadcast work on ZaleskiSports.com, Z-A-L-E-S-K-I, with high school playoffs in full force in Wisconsin. I'm doing a lot of games on the boys' side. Girls' uh, playoffs, just ra- uh, regionals just wrapped up this weekend. Sectionals coming up. Boys' regionals start this coming week. So I'll be all over central Wisconsin doing those games. And you can find all my work right there. All right. Engage. If people want to follow you, uh, any of your sports betting that you put out there, if you do any of that, how can they do that? Where can they find you? As always, you can find me on Twitter, at GBridgefordNFL, uh, all one word. I am still doing mostly Denver Nuggets coverage at this time. I am kind of looking into expanding into possibly some more uh, betting content or other fantasy slash draft content for the NFL as the over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but as I always say, everything's on my Twitter, and it's way easier to tell you to go there than try and find out everywhere that I publish stuff. All right, awesome. Well, uh, well, that wraps up uh, week number three uh, with the new team here. So, uh, Gage and Mike, uh, thank, thank you. you again. What? Where do people find you? Oh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at producer Nick LB, which, uh, I mean, there's, there's not going to be a whole lot out there. I don't do... Uh, I'm on Twitter maybe once or twice a week, so uh, I don't put I don't put a whole lot of content out there like you guys do. But uh, uh, yeah, I guess if you if you want to follow a page that uh, doesn't really do a whole lot, it's it's out there. So, uh, but uh, Mike Gage, thank you for uh, week three letting me join you guys. Um, as we get further on into next week, we'll have you know hopefully some real interesting stuff to talk about. But uh, until then, keep an eye out for the franchise tag, which is what uh, I think we said March 8th. It's a Tuesday. Um, and then uh, I think it's uh, we said legal tampering period is March 14th, so that's um, just over two weeks away, and then free agency the 16th. So uh, lots of stuff coming up for the Packers, and I'm sure just uh, keep it tuned right here to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Where we'll be covering, as I'm sure Green Bay will be making lots of moves this week, restructuring contracts, making cap space so that they can potentially do something with Aaron, uh, tagging Devontae Adams, which it sounds like they might be doing. Um, but keep uh, keep it tuned right here to uh, the Pack-A-Day podcast. We'll keep you up to date on all of that kind of good stuff. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, Go Pack Go!